Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. says that he took his staff in his hand. This is the conclusion of the story. He takes five stones from the stream. He puts them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. I'm going to skip down to verse 43 for the sake of time, Carlins. He said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And notice the Philistine curses David by his gods. Um, And then he says, come here. Uh, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I love that. He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down. Notice he hasn't done any of this yet, but he's telling him what he's going to do. And he says, and I'm going to cut your head off. This very day, I'll give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know there's a God in Israel. And he says this, he says, it's not just gonna, this victory is not just going to be for me, but all those that have gathered here will know from this day forward that it's not by sword nor by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. And as the Philistine moves closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Didn't run away, he ran at him. Reaching into his bag, taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone without a sword in his hand. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took the Philistine's sword, I was making sure I could see it, and drew it from the sheath. And he killed him. He cut off his head with the sword. This is a little savage. This is not the uh, Sunday school version of this story. Anybody? The Sunday school version, I think, leaves this out. He he fell down, but that was it. Okay, turn the page. (laughs) A little more to the story. Cut his head off with the sword. The Philistines saw that their hero was dead, and they turned and ran. Turn to somebody and say, total victory. That's what we want today, total victory. God bless you. You can be seated. God bless you. You know, I'm, I'm going to jump right into it for the sake of time. Um, I've enjoyed being in 1 Samuel 17 with you for the last few weeks. Um, but uh, I believe that there's one other thing I want to bring out of this today and leaving all the other things behind. I'm just going to move forward. If you uh, missed the first couple weeks or maybe you hadn't been here in a few weeks, I'd encourage you to check out the podcast. Our team from the booth back there, I see Christian and Carlin's and Preston. 
on the live stream and everybody that captures everything we do in service and everybody that posts all the things we do in service. God bless all of them. A lot of work goes into it. But the good news is if you miss something, you can catch up. Um, I had folks tell me they, they were uh, catching up, and I, I'm thankful for all those that do that ministry. Um, so if you miss anything, catch up, but I'm going to go forward today. And the, the thing I want to talk about is getting a total victory. I think so many times people live with the same giant under the same shadow in the same situation in the same season when God is calling you out of that. Remember, it didn't take very long for God's people to travel from Egypt to the brink of the promised land, but they weren't ready to grab a hold of the promise that God had for them. And so they actually just circled in the desert for 40 more years and you say, well, it was a 40-year delay. No, all of them, that generation actually died in the wilderness, missed the promise, save for Joshua and Caleb. And so, so many people, I think, not only do they miss their moment, but they miss out for their whole life on what God really wants to do. God doesn't want you to fight that same giant for 40 years. 40 days was long enough to stand in the shadow of that giant. God does not want you to miss what the victory that he's ready to give you. And so many times people, are, it, it, a year goes by, they're fighting the same thing. A decade goes by, they're fighting the same thing. Whether it's a vice, a private sin, a temptation, a mindset, an offense, unforgiveness, bitterness, whatever it is, so many people fight the same thing for so many years. Maybe they knock it down for a little while, but it got back up. They knock it back for a little while, got back up. But God wants you to get total victory. And I think the first thing you got to know if you're going to have total victory is you've got to know this battle is the Lord's. The battle is between good and evil. I'm just in the middle of it. The battle is between God and Satan. I'm just in the middle of it. Satan's beef is not with me. It's with God. So this battle is not mine, it's the Lord's. And he said in verse 47, he said, um, he said, all those that are gathered here will know it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. But the battle is the Lord's, and he'll give it into our hands. David is saying, after this, everybody's going to know it, but I know this right now, the battle is the Lord's. I want you to know today that the battle you're in, the fight you're in, it's the Lord's battle. I've been saying it all month, but when I do that, it's because I want it to get deep down in your spirit, and I, I take phone calls and text messages and counseling things all through the year, and I know sometimes what people fight with, and I just want you to get it down deep in your spirit and know that you do not get to choose your giant. You do not get to choose the fight that comes to you. You do not get to choose the season sometimes that you wake up into. David woke up in a battle. David thought he was just delivering bread and cheese, but he walked into a situation that he would have never foreseen. And we walk into things that we would have never foreseen, but we wake up and we say, here I am. I'm in a battle. I, I didn't know the business was going to go this way, but I'm, I got to fight. I didn't know this sickness was going to happen, but I got to fight. I, I didn't know this situation was coming, 
but I got to fight. And then I'm not trying to bring you down telling you you don't choose your giant. What I'm bringing you up to say is even though you don't choose your giant, you do get to choose your God. And although I don't get to choose my battle, I get to choose what side of the battle line I'm on. And we ought to do that ahead of time. We ought to do that today. We should decide right here and now, before I ever fight another battle, I'm going to be on the Lord's side. Because he's never lost a battle. And I don't know if you read the back of this book, but he always wins. So I want to be on his side. That's why Joshua said, before we go any further, before we fight this battle, before we go into this thing, choose you this day who you're going to serve. He said, if you want to serve the gods on the other side, go ahead and, who said it? Go right ahead. You want to be on that side of the battle? Go ahead. But as for me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord. I'm on this side of the battle. I'm on the Lord's side of the battle. I'm on his side of things. And so I didn't choose the battle, but I chose the side of the battle I'm on. And that's what you get to choose. And the other thing I want to say is when you're on the Lord's side, you're not fighting this battle alone. Goliath wanted everybody to think they were fighting alone. Get this today. You're not fighting this thing alone. You're not praying alone. We'll pray with you. You're not weeping alone. We'll weep with you. You're not rejoicing alone. We'll rejoice with you. You're not worshiping alone. We'll worship with you. You're not fighting alone. We'll fight with you. You're not carrying this thing alone. We'll carry it with you. A little plug there, life group, starting next Sunday. Woohoo! And, and, and you get into a group like that, you, gotta, you got your group, you got your, your people, you got your tribe, you got your, I'm rolling into this thing with five or six folks. I'm not going into this hospital room alone. I was anointed. I was prayed over. We had a worship time. We gave it to God. I'm on the Lord's side. He's with me. His people are with me. I'm not fighting this all by myself. So I just want to tell you, not only is God with you, but God's people are with you. This church is with you. David said, everybody here is going to know that God won this thing. I wonder how many people are here today and would be witnesses in this house and would say, I've seen God win a few battles. I've seen God heal. I've seen God save. I've seen God make a way out of no way. And, 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 if, and when you have witnesses, I, I feel like there's a few more witnesses in the house. <laughs> Let me say that again. How many witnesses are in the house say, I've seen the Lord win a few battles? This ain't my first rodeo. This ain't my first giant. This ain't my first battle. I've seen God win some battles. And and because of that, there's people around you that will declare with you, you're not going to die in this valley. You don't have to live under this shadow all your life. You don't have to fear this giant forever. And somebody will declare with you, God does not lose battles. He's victory. He's never lost a battle. And he's not going to start now. Somebody ought to say amen to that. 
you know, I, I, I think we say these kind of things like, well, it's my battle. It's my struggle. It's my problem. It's my sickness. It's my bankruptcy. It's my divorce. It's my situation. It's my finances. It's my business problem. And I just want to tell somebody, it's not your battle. Give it to God. It, it, it might be the sickness I'm carrying right now on my back. But Jesus already took stripes on his back for your healing. And, and we say, it's my, my business, my business problem, my struggle, my career. Why don't you make God your business partner? Because I remember he told Abraham, I'll bless those that bless you. I'll curse those that curse you. That's the kind of business partner I want. He's got a deep pocket. Said he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Now, if you're not a meat eater, it's not about meat. It's about trade. And if you've got a nice big cattle that's going to feed a family for a year, three months, I don't know how much meat somebody eat, but that, could, that, was, that was some currency back in the day. I'll give you a bull and a female cow too, and you're going to have a herd in a little while. You're going to eat steak all the time. He owns cat, not just a couple. He owns all the cattle on all those hills. Make him your business partner and say, Lord, I need a little help down here. Lord, I need another blessing. Lord, I need another. I need another touch. And so David took it there and he said in verse 45, he said, I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. You're not just defying me, you're defying God. And we have to understand that, that when these things come against us, they're not just coming against us, it's coming against God. I told you for, for weeks that I'm not talking about a nine foot nine giant here necessarily. I'm talking about something the enemy sends you to discourage you, to deter you, to detract you and distract you from what God wants to do in your life. And everybody else thought this was okay, but David shows up with the bread and cheese and says, no, this is not okay. And I think that in this month, we ought to get that spirit of David on us and say, this isn't okay. I'm not going to let him defy God's people. I'm not going to let him defy me. I'm not going to let him defy God. And some of us ought to wake up and just say, God uh, promised me that he took stripes for my healing. And I'm not going to let this sickness cast a shadow over me any longer. I'm not going to let this sickness taunt me any longer. This disease frightened me any longer. I'm going to say it's by his stripes that I'm healed. I'm not going to let this worry and this fear taunt me any longer. I'm going to say he's already overcome the world. He, he still sits on the throne. I'm not going to let this, uh, this worry about tomorrow or the future or provision or, or what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to wear. I'm not going to let that rob the peace 
and the joy that God has given me. You are defying the peace and the joy that God gave me. And I want it back. You're defying me. God has given me salvation. He's given me hope. He's given me joy. He's given me peace. And this shadow of the giant is taking it away. But no longer am I going to allow that. You're defying what God has given me. And I want it all back. We ought to get that spirit in us this week. And just say, you know what? This is God's battle. I told you a couple weeks ago that to God this is personal. Remember when Paul was on the way to persecute more Christians. The light shined down from heaven. And Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Paul says, who is this? He says, Jesus, whom you're persecuting. He thought, I thought I was just persecuting the church. Jesus says, you persecute the church, you're persecuting me. You pick a fight with the church, you pick the fight with me. You touch my body, you touch my head. When you come after God's people, you're going after God. So you ought to let that giant know. You're not just defying me, you're defying God. You're defying God's will for my life. You're defying God's salvation for my children. You're defying the blessing and the health and the peace and the joy that God has for me. I wonder if over this month we would get it in our spirit. I'm not letting the giant take away what God has given to me. And I'm going to take a hold of it. And I'm never going to let it go. Because this is the Lord's battle. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Um, so, so the second thing I want to say is, is, uh, is you have to know how to reverse that curse. So if you're going to get total victory, you, you've got to reverse the curse that, that maybe was passed down, that maybe you walked into, that maybe was given to you in some way. Uh, David he said, this is what the, the Philistine said to David. He said, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods and said, come here, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. The curse, here's what, what's interesting is, the curse that Goliath spoke over David, he did it in the authority of his gods. And I just want to remind you that your giant is speaking. Speaking cursings. But you have to learn how to speak blessing. And I don't care what somebody said over you. I care what God said. I don't care what a spouse, a parent, a boss, a teacher, a friend. A, I don't care. They might have called themselves a friend. I don't care what they spoke over you. I don't care what may have been passed to you generationally. I don't care what the reputation of your last name is. What I care, what God cares about is your heart. And David understood that the enemy might be speaking a cursing, but God has already spoken a blessing. And you're speaking a cursing, but I know that I'm anointed by God. And you're saying this, but I know what God said. That's why it's important to know what this book said. Because when something comes along that's in violation of what God said, let all that be a lie and let what God said be true. 
And, and I just want to remind you that the devil is a liar. I got a few there, but I think maybe there's more participation. I just want to remind you that the devil is a liar. He is. Here's what Jesus said. Bobby's already there. Here's what Jesus said, John 8, 44. When he, when he, when he lies, I, I'm, in the, I'm in that last line. When he lies, he speaks his native language. My native language is English. Your native English, your native language might be English, might be Spanish, French. Thank you. There's folks in the second service. It's Portuguese. You ever heard what is it? There we go. Tagalo. There we yes yes that too. There's a lot of native languages in the house. You know what the devil's native language is? Lies. Deceit, half-truths, mistruths, untruths. That's only native language. That's his native language. That's what Jesus said. For he's a liar and the father of lies. That means every lie that's being told in the earth, he spawned it. He fathered it. So when someone tells you you're not enough, that Cain, he spawned that. When somebody says, did God really say that? He fathered that. He spawned it. Every lie spoken over you has been spawned or fathered by him. And so if you're really and truly going to get total victory in your life, you have to know what this book said. So you can find, so you can say that's a lie. And say, sure, you can say it that way, but it's not true. You can display it that way, but it's not true. And notice everything that Goliath said would happen to David. Read it. I, 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 before this thing's over, go home and read that whole chapter. I get self-conscious about keeping y'all standing, so I try not to read too much. But go home and read that whole chapter. And notice everything Goliath said would happen to David actually happened to him. He said, you're going to die and be fed to the wild animals. Actually, no, you're going to die. Your whole army is going to desert you and run. And the vultures are coming after you. That's exactly what happens today. Satan says, there's no hope for you. Actually, bud, there's no hope for you. When he speaks, Satan comes in, you're condemned. You've messed up one too many times. You're not going to make it to heaven. Actually, no. You already got kicked out of heaven. You already messed things up. You're condemned. You messed up one too many times. No, actually, you messed up one too many times. Read Isaiah. You already got knocked out of heaven like lightning. He tries to get you to believe the same thing about yourself. 
But we've got to reject every curse spoken over us and replace it with the Word of God. That's why, that's all right. I feel faith rising. That's why David spoke about God nine times. Saul couldn't even do it once. Because the lies of the enemy had convinced him, knocked him down. And we've got to speak the word of God into that battle and say, no, that's a lie. In fact, I'm not going to lose because if God is for me, who could be against me? The truth is, there's, the truth is, there's a lot more for me than you are against me. The truth is, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. The truth is, I'm healed by His stripes. The truth is, the Lord is... Somebody ought to help me. The truth is, the Lord is fighting for me. The truth is, God has a plan for me. The truth is, God is still on the throne. The truth is, God has saved me. God has forgiven me. God has called me. God has anointed me. That's the truth. This is why God's word is so important. This is why preaching is so important. Can I just say this is why being in God's house on Sunday is important. Because that enemy, I told you when we got that prayer journal, the enemy's coming to you every morning and every evening. And if you don't get in the book every morning, if you don't get in a prayer closet every morning, he's talking more than he's talking. Satan's talking more than you're letting God talk to you. And Satan, here, here's what I love. God knows the end from the beginning because he's from everlasting to everlasting, Elena. Satan does not. Sometimes, Brother Oz, we think that Satan is God's equal opposite. But I remember he fell like lightning. It wasn't like an arm wrestling match. So God knows the end from the beginning. Satan does not. He doesn't know your future. He's lying, making a prediction, hopes you believe it, hopes you fall into it, and hopes you follow it. He doesn't know the end from the beginning. That, but God does. That's why I pray. As your will is in heaven, let it be done on earth for me right here, right now. Satan doesn't know your future. That's why we have to combat it. And I've been saying this month, let's be a vocal church. Let's speak it out. Let's come into this house and praise God. Let's come in this house and say amen. Because somebody next to you might need the voice of the enemy drowned out a little bit. Somebody around you might need the voice of praise to drown out the voice of Goliath that they've been hearing every morning, every evening, for weeks on end, and they drug themselves into this house, and they just need somebody to say, he's a way maker. He's a way maker. He's a way maker. They need somebody to speak that over them. They need somebody in the house to sing that over them. Amen. Last thing I want to say is to get total victory, you have to know how to finish the fight. Music, get ready. I don't know when I'm going to close here, but I'm closing. 
you have to know how to finish the fight. They, yeah, that's all right, Nate. It'll help me. Give me something zippy. Peppy. Maybe that'll get me there. But I, I want to preach this, and I, and I was waiting to preach this really all month. Really, this was this right here is what got me to this this um, message series. Is you've got to know how to finish the fight. David could have delivered that bread and cheese. I don't know if there was marinara sauce or tomatoes, but he could have delivered that pizza and gone away. And just hoped that the giant would go away. But he didn't just hope that the giant would go away. I think so many people would come to this house Sunday after Sunday, hear the word preached, and just hope that their giant will go away. But that's not how it works. He was drawn into action and he said, is there not a cause to fight this giant? So he goes to the brook and he fills his pocket with five stones, praying that one of these five would knock that giant down. He walks out into the valley of Elah, what Psalm 23 called the valley of the shadow of death. Goliath is staring David down. He's looking at a teenage boy. David's looking up at a nine foot nine giant. Goliath is wearing battle-tested armor. It's been scratched and dented and hit by a sword, but he's still standing. David is wearing shepherd's clothing, drenched in the anointing oil. He's threatening David, saying, Why would you send a boy to fight me? All the while, David is just calmly gathering his slingshot, winding it up, and David is preparing to fight a new enemy. But you have to know it was only a new enemy for David, lion, bear, giant. It was a new enemy for David, but you have to know it was an ancient enemy for God's people. There was nothing new about the giants from Gath. Joshua had driven them out of Canaan many generations before. But here's what Josephus, the Jewish historian, said. He said that Joshua had driven them out 400 years ago, but he destroyed everything in the promised land except for three cities, Ashdod, Gaza, and Gath. And there's this subscript that said, Gath, the land of the giants. For whatever reason, I think a lot like you and me, Joshua had failed to fully drive out the enemy. He had neglected to end some things. He had neglected to burn some bridges. He had neglected to just kill some giants. And he let the giants kind of fade into the back and he let some of them escape. He did not finish the job. He did not get total victory. And that old enemy 
came back to haunt them again and again and again. David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause to fight? God delivered me out of the paw of a lion and the hand of a bear. He'll deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And he walked out there and he looked at the giant and he said, You come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord. And I've been saying that over and over, but the next line is, he said, This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. And in the King James, David said, I will smite you and I will cut your head off. This is typically where we stop, and like I told you, it's not the Sunday school version. We get all excited about the slingshot that knocked him out and hit a stone into his head, and he saw stars and little birdies were flying above his head, and he fell back and he stumbles and he hits the ground, and that's the end of the story. And for so many of us, I think we get satisfied just knocking the enemy down just knocking it back a little bit, just mowing it down a little bit. I don't know if it's a temptation or a struggle or a private sin, some work of Satan, some mindset, some discouragement. I don't know what it is, but don't stop just knocking it down because David did not stop there. David said, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to take your head. That all of the earth will know there is a God in Israel and the battle is the Lord's. And the Bible said that David ran at the army to meet the Philistine. He ran toward the giant. He didn't go home to his sheep. He ran toward the problem, ran toward the enemy ran toward the, the, the thing. And, and the, the Bible said in that moment that the giant got ready, singing this boy running at him. Here's what David knew. A lion and a bear had taken lamb out of David's flock. And rather than sacrifice and just letting it go, he could have just let it go and sacrificed one lamb. But pursuing the giant was no different because he had already pursued the lion for just one lamb. Now, I would say it's crazy to go pursue a lion for just one lamb. We can have more lambs. But David ran after the lion. He ran after the bear. He fought them. He pulled the sheep out of their mouth and he slew, he killed the lion and the bear. And he did it because David understood if he let the lion come back for one lamb, he would do it again and again and again. Every night, that lion would take a lamb. And then the lion would bring some lion friends, take another lamb. Now the whole pride is taking lambs. And David had enough sense to say, if I let this one go, I'll lose everything. He'll come back tomorrow. He'll come back after another one. So I'm running after the giant. I'm running after the lion because I'm drawing a line in the sand. You're either going to take all of them or you're getting none of them. So I'm going to fight you 
right here and right now. Somebody ought to get that in their spirit today and say, I'm getting total victory. You're not taking another lamb. You're not taking another thing. Not taking my joy, my health, my peace, my salvation, my home, my business, my children. I'm fighting right here because if I don't fight here, I lose everything. I'm chasing the giant, chasing the lion, chasing the bear. I'm pulling it out of his mouth. You can stand to your feet. And David knew that the answer was not just rescuing the lion, the lamb, but he had to slay the lion and the bear to eliminate the threat. And I think so many of us fight things that we should not still be fighting. We're happy just knocking the enemy down, but guess what? The enemy will get back up. We have private sins, pet sins, cute things that we, that we carry, sins that maybe aren't taking us out, but we're just standing in the shadow of them. Bible said, shake off and get rid of every weight and sin. Sin that we just slap at, that we trim back sometimes. Why don't you and I this month make up our minds and say that victory is worth the fight. That prize is worth the fight. And I know God is on my side. David didn't run away from the giant. He ran toward the giant. And we know that once he struck the giant with that rock, once it got out of his hand, it was now in God's hand. And as that rock was flying through the air, it strikes the giant. He lays flat on his back. And if you read the Bible, we actually read it in the beginning. It was at that moment David said, I'm running toward him. This is my moment to finish him. He's knocked down, but I'm not going to go celebrate. This guy could get up by tomorrow morning. He doesn't have a sword on him, but he knew that Goliath did. And he ran and he pulled Goliath's sword out of his belt. And the Bible says that he took the giant's head. David was not trying to slow him down, wasn't trying to knock him down, wasn't trying to turn him away for a day. He was trying to destroy him. And I think that sometimes we don't have that mindset with our enemy, but we've got to get that mindset and say, I'm not content to just win the battle. I want to win the war. I'm going to burn some sinful bridges. There's some things I'm going to cut out of my life. There's some things I'm going to cut off of my life. There's some things I'm never going back to. And he did not just pull the lamb out of the lion's mouth, but he slew the lion right there. I believe there are spirits at work in our lives, spirits at work in our church, spirits at work in our world that I cannot be content with just knocking down. I've got to destroy it. I've got to destroy it. I've got to cut it out. I've got to cut it off. So I'm not just going to sit back, but I'm going to run at it and get total victory. I'm going to put my foot on the pedal and say to every enemy of my soul, every sin, every temptation that would take me down, if you think I'm content just hitting you in the head with a rock, you've got another thing coming. I want total and complete victory right here today, right now. Somebody ought to clap their hands and give God the praise. 
I want a mind shift. I want to change my mind. I want total victory today. So I'm going to open this altar. Our giants might not be roaming back and forth, but they're just as real. And they meet us every day. When you leave this house, if you don't slay that giant, he'll get back up again. And they torment us every day in our homes, in our jobs, in our bills, in people we can't deal with. Maybe it's a substance we can't resist. Maybe it's a past experience, a past mistake, a hurt, a thing, a season, something in the future that is looming, something in the past that is painful. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a disease. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a critical spirit. Maybe it haunts you when you fall asleep and it wakes you up in the middle of the night. It dominates your day. It is a vexing spirit. I don't know what it is, but I want to say in the power of the name of the Lord that you and I can do today exactly what David did, we can slay that thing once and for all. We can have total victory over the things that come against us. I wonder how many would join me in this altar today and just say, Lord, I want total victory. Come on, I'm opening this altar today. I wonder how many would come. I'm giving an altar for everybody today. I wonder how many would just join me. And as you come up, fill in, move side to side. Let as many as can come in through this aisle. And as you come, I want to just pray a prayer over you. But I'm inviting everybody to come today. I'm inviting everybody to come today, as many as would. As many as would. Just stand in the front here today and just say, Lord, I'm lifting my hands. Wonder if all over this house right now you just lift your hands and just say, Lord, you have called me to be the head and not the tail. Lord, I am more than victorious. I am more than a conqueror. And I am not looking at the giant right now, but I am looking at God. And I am saying, every giant won't just fall, but will be defeated in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody just begin to worship all over the house right now. Come on, just begin to talk to him right now. I don't know what that giant is right now, but I just want to pray it over you. Let it be defeated right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.